Today in the Marshall Pruitt Podcast, we have your week in IndyCar guest episode. You know, we got two young Chargers, guys that are making a name already after just six races in this weird, shortened 2020 season. Patricio Award, Oliver Askew. This is our first ever teammates on the same call week in IndyCar episode. So thanks for helping us to do a new thing. Uh, thank you for having us, man. We're excited. Yeah, thanks, Marshall. Good to be here. Thank you as well to our pals at Cooper Tires and the Justice Brothers for taking great care of us on the show and also TorontoMotorsports.com and Bell Racing Helmets USA. Great questions as always, gents. Why don't we dive right in and get through as many as we can in the time that we have. I'm going to kick off with some team-based stuff. Our man Kenny Gouvreau says to both you guys, your team, the car, and yourselves been on an upward trend as the races have gone by. How does it make you feel going forward knowing it's a short season, but it feels like anything is possible for you two? It's been very exciting. Um, you know, it is a team that has been in the NTT IndyCar Series for a while, um, but at the end of the day, there are quite a, a few more additions, including um, myself and Oliver. And... Um, and I think we've we've gotten along very well. We're creating new relationships, and really, I think it's just having fun with it. You know, one a friend always tells me, and I never forget is, if you're not having fun, then why are you doing it? Mm. You know, we're we're very competitive. Uh, we want to do well. We want to win races. We want to be on the podium. We want to be contenders at every weekend. I mean, that's why that's why we put so many hard working hours in this, especially. You know the engineers, the mechanics, but I think we've made some some very big strides forward uh, from where we started in Texas. It's really exciting, and and we feel very motivated for the next few races. You know, we've got a, a very busy August coming up. Yeah, I agree with with what Pato said. Um, it's really nice to to show up every race weekend knowing that the car is going to be quick, and that's been the case uh, so far this year. Um, all the work that the engineers have done at our McLaren SP. Um, you know, away, away from the track, whether it's simulation or, or just research on, on tests, um, it's been fantastic. So it's it's a big confidence boost for both of us. And at the end of the day, we're only going to get better, right? So for myself, um, what I've only got four race weekends now under my belt, and and they're they're not very traditional. They're very fast paced now with with the double double race weekends and. Um, you know the, the learning curve is very steep at the moment, but uh, we'll, we'll continue to to get better. The cars are going to continue to get quicker, and it's um, it's all in all just a really good environment at the moment. It's a great point, Oliver. I was just talking with Scott Dixon on something related to the fast pace of these weekends because of the Corolla virus, Corolla virus, uh, but the double headers or the one day deals and such. And he was just saying how he can't wait to get to the start of practice for the Indy 500 because these will be normal days and we won't be trying to just, you know, drink information from a fire hose. We can actually sit and process and breathe a little bit. It's been a sprint. So it's not like, you know, any different Oliver, cause this is your first season, but it'll be interesting to see your reaction to things once you get to the 500 and not have to run around like a crazy person the whole time. Got another question here, and Pato, maybe you can answer this because, and you do have some IndyCar races uh, in your pocket from 2018 and 2019. This comes from Gino Mario Morales. 
He says, from the outside, it looks like the team has made a, a pretty significant jump in performance between the season opener at Texas, even early on at the Indianapolis GP, and then the races that have followed. It says, the sample size is quite small, of course, just six races, but do you feel like that's the case? Has the team made a performance leap this year already? And if so, any thoughts on what contributed to it? Um, to be fairly honest, we have been rolling out with uh, with what they've raced or qualified the past few years. It, there hasn't really been any difference in setup-wise. Um, and I think it just shows how important qualifying is because, you know, whenever we've always had the pace, but, you know, for example, in Texas – second a second row never really opened up for passing opportunities so it was way harder to make our way up but i feel like the the pace and the speed has always been there it's just executing and qualifying is so important um and i think i i showed perfectly what i'm trying to say in in road america you know the the first race we had an issue in qualifying qualified 13th um and we ended eighth uh next day we put the car on pole and we almost won the race. Um, and there wasn't much of a difference setup wise. So, um, I think it just shows how competitive the series is and how important it is to, to qualify up front, or I guess how much easier you make your life qualifying up front and don't rely on like a, a lucky yellow to get you, you know, to shuffle up. Because, you know, the series is so competitive. Everybody's so close. It is, it is quite hard to overtake and stuff whenever there's not a lot of undercut and strategy um, things that you can do. So, Gotcha. Yeah. Another, another question or two here. Uh, and maybe, Oliver, you can take this one. This comes from Rob Ball. Curious how much Craig Hampson has been able to help in uh, getting you guys up to speed, maybe at Iowa in particular says uh, knowing that Craig has a pretty successful career and knows a lot about working with young drivers and such. Just curious uh, if old man Hampson has been able to uh, have an influence so far, as he too, like you guys, is getting uh, integrated into the team. Yeah, Craig's awesome. Uh, we've, we're all very excited to have him on board, and, and he um, – you know, he, he brings a, a different perspective to the team. Um, you know, we're from, from coin over the past couple of years, you know, he's had really, really fast cars, maybe at places where we haven't historically. So, um, it's a great addition to the team. And, um, honestly, he's been, he's been working behind the scenes. Like he's not, he's not super hands-on. Um, but you know, he's, he's there overseeing everything and, and making sure, um, you know, we're, we're, we're as strong as, uh, as strong as possible. So 10, four last question here, kind of team infrastructure base comes from our pal, JJ Gertler sticking with the, uh, old wise heads and Robbie's not that old, but, uh, JJ's curious about how you might've benefited both of you so far from having Robbie Wickens there. And I know that he wasn't there for, uh, some of the early races with travel and, and whatnot, but, Tell me about having Robbie there to uh, lend some knowledge. It's been awesome to have Robbie. Um, he's he's been on my timing stand for for all the races. I think except Texas, uh, he wasn't able to make that one. But um, he's he's been great to have on the intercom. Um, he's he's 
you know, one of the one of the only people in IndyCar right now who has very recent experience and who's willing to share the information. So um, it, we've known each other for a long time. Um, well, not a super long time, maybe five, six years. Um, we, we race carts with each other um, as, he, as he was getting ready for his DTM season, and, and we both have a lot of respect for each other and get, get along well. So um, he's just a great addition to to the engineering group as well. He asks really smart questions and, um, you know, kind of opens, opens a bit more of a discussion in, in the engineering debriefs. How about you, Mr. O Ward? Uh, this is a guy that I know you weren't able to race wheel to wheel with, uh, when you made your debut at the end of the season in 2018, but we certainly know that if he was in a third arrow S, uh, arrow McLaren SP car right now, uh, boy, you want to talk about a, a triple headed threat. Yeah, I think, um, like Oliver said, it's really nice to have someone that has recent experience with the car, with the track, um, and honestly can tell you or give you an answer to any little doubt, you know, we may have going into a weekend or qualifying session or something. So having him there and to answer any, any doubt has been huge, you know, because we are, you know, even though I've got, I think 11 races under my belt or something, I'm, I'm still fairly new and I don't have, you know, close to the knowledge some of the veterans have. So just, you know, going to, to tracks that I have never driven an Indy car on, it's really nice to, to have someone to lean on and to know that the, the information is accurate. Um, actually, from Iowa onwards, I have never driven an Indy car there, so it will be my, my first time at Mid-Ohio. Uh, well, I've driven Indy, um, but Gateway and so forth. Awesome. All right, let's move to the shortened weekend topic from Steve Grinstead. It says, what from your previous racing career, if anything, has helped you? In this crazy COVID racing time with the short weekends, this is notwithstanding the double headers, do you guys like this? Is this something IndyCar might consider keeping for future years of either doubling up the races or doing these one day routines? I think Rodandy's helped quite a bit, to be yeah. honest. Yeah, I think just, you know, they look like like Indy Lights weekends. Like literally straight up, they are almost the exact same. Yeah, but the races are, are like twice or three times as long. So it is more physical, but but man, I mean, it, it doesn't feel like like something that we've never done before because we have. Um, and I personally really like these double weekends because you've got two chances to um, to do to do well or to try and do well. Um, so yeah, it helps the rookies. I think you know it gives us a another shot at it, and we don't have to wait. 12 months to, to have another go. Yeah, so, that's true. Um, I think it's it's like having two seasons in one almost. Not really, but almost. Yeah, I feel like, you know, a lot of this, like, yeah, I understand that in normal weekends there's three practices and blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, races are the ones that will, that will expand your knowledge faster. So... Um, getting two races under our belt every weekend, I think it's massive. And that's what's so different from what we've done in the past is just the structure of the race and 
and the mentality going into it, when to push, when not to push, when to save the tires, you know, um, it's, it's a, it's a big undertaking. Yeah. It's not just like a 40 lap sprint race. Which one of the two of you was the first to go back to the team and say, Hey, so like we're racing twice this weekend. So does that mean we get paid double? Come on. I know one of you had to ask that, right? You're not doing no. your job. If you didn't. Not yet. <laughs> all right. All right. We're going to work on your representation here. Uh, let's see. We're going to go to Eric. All caps. E-R-I-C. Says, Oliver, what's it been like racing when it comes to the aspects of your height and build? Considering you are the tallest in the field. It's interesting how even the modeling in the sea can possibly determine a lot in your race craft. Granted, I haven't had you stand next to good old Ray Hall, who's not exactly short, but he does raise a good point, and you're probably still growing at that. But talk to us about your normal routine of trying to fit inside a small open-wheel race car. You uh, you able to do that in this Delar DW12 in a comfortable manner? I didn't know I was the tallest, but... I. I think Graham and I are pretty close. Maybe he's a little bit taller. Maybe I'm a bit taller, but um, I'm much skinnier. So that that helps helps fit in the car. Shots um, fired at Ray Hall. I love that's it. Not, that's not a <laughs> shot at him. I'm just saying I need to gain weight. Uh-huh. I gotta say though, you guys are pretty lucky because the Indy car is massive. Like it is a yeah. giant, yeah. giant cell. Honestly, it's it's a luxury from from what I've raced in the past. You know, the the, the Tatus and the uh, and the Indy Lights car is a, a little bit smaller, um, and it was much harder for me to to fit in those cars. So um, it it is difficult. Uh, you know, it's it's not a perfect fit, but you know, when when there's a will, there's a way. We can thank our uh, our beloved friend, our departed friend Justin Wilson. He was uh, the the high in the control in terms of height and size when they were coming up with the DW12 cockpit, they intentionally wanted to take the tallest driver in IndyCar and also the shortest and make sure that it uh, covered both ends uh, and there was the adjustability to uh, either fit the big guys or to uh, boost up the smaller ones. So pretty cool there. Let's go to our man, uh, Jameen Tuttle. says, what are you two young guys do in Indianapolis? Uh, when you have a a week break or a couple weeks break between races, he says, does COVID-19 keep you from getting out and having fun? Or are you just busy working out or is it relaxation? Uh, you guys live in the same place, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, we, we work out a lot. Um, and I think we, Six we both, the week. yeah, we both really like food. So we're always like trying new places or going back to ones that we really enjoy going to. Um, but yeah, we haven't really been out at night or anything. We're we're kind of staying um, homey at our places and um, trying to stay as quarantined as possible. Yeah, we're honestly, it's it'd be uh, it'd be we'd be living a bit of a different lifestyle if if we, you know, if we were allowed to to go out and 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 uh, well, not go out like nightlife, but to go out to more restaurants and try different places here in Indianapolis and. Um, you know, we're, we're cooking quite a bit. Uh, like Pato said, training, training every day. We, we both got a road bike this year. So we're getting into that. Um, that seems to help the, the heat training side of things. That's become a big factor in IndyCar. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, playing some call of duty. I hate that game. Oh my God. 
Ah, this sounds like it, it has the makings of a bad 1990s MTV real world type uh, type show here. Um, let's go with our pal Joey of the Priuses says from my favorite pair of teammates on the grid. You guys seem to be very close off track, similar to how your Formula One colleagues, Landon Norris and Carlos Sainz, appear to be. Just curious, is there just something about the team environment uh, within the uh, Aaron McLaren SP or McLaren F1 families that leads to teammates being good friends in and out of racing? It's a great point because obviously if you guys didn't get on, uh, you'd probably be calling me from separate phones right now. Yeah, that's a good point. Honestly, I at the end of the day, we need both cars to do well. So we always want both cars to be up there and, you know, up there in the charts with good results after every weekend. Um, you know, I'm happy for Oliver when 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 he's doing well. I'm sure he's happy for me. Well, at least I'd hope so. I at least have hope so. He isn't. Um, but you know what? I think it really helps that we're very close in age. Oliver's 23 and I'm 21. And, you know, if if we were paired with like a veteran, it, it just it's harder to get along with because one of you is just so much younger. But I feel like since we're the same age and we've always kind of raced in the same things, we we have, you know, lots of things in common, but then lots of things of, of things that are, are not in common. Yeah. And in IndyCar right now, it's like Pato said earlier, it's extremely competitive and you know, when when you don't have a, a good relationship or a good atmosphere within the team, you know it's it's a it's a big problem. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of a positive energy within the team right now. It's it's a very family like atmosphere. We all get along really well and and, and laugh quite a bit. And um, you know, like you said earlier, it's 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 about having fun and um, you know pos- positivity and and um, you know, and just enjoying yourself on the race weekends. I think that's a pretty strong suit uh, within our McLaren SP at the moment, and we'll we'll try to continue that and build our relationship. Aww. Similar re- question here from Mark Kohler. Curious about all the iRacing that was done a little bit earlier in the year. Curious if that virtual racing helped add any of the chemistry between the two of you or maybe extending that out to working with your race engineers and spotters and whatnot. I think that might be something we look back on this year, guys, and say, huh, that actually might have been a pretty important thing, especially in a new team construct like you guys have. Some folks coming together in a virtual world in ways that has maybe paid off once we've gotten back to actual racing. What do you guys think? Yeah, it was really interesting. Um, I think I, I tried to to take as many positives away from it as possible, and uh, honestly, when we showed up in Texas for the first race, you know, it was, it was a show and go, you know, wake up that morning, go to the track, practice, qualify race. And you didn't really have time to you know, soak it in. And, um, it didn't really feel like my first time working with these guys on my, on, on the seven car stand. Um, you know, Billy Vincent is in my ear and, um, I was so used to him in my ear and uh, through the iRacing season. So, um, I think it, it helped. And in, in that way, uh, we were, I think we were the first team to really push the the engineering side on the on iRacing and to um you know actually run data and and do proper strategy. Um so I think we we definitely got the most out of that. Yeah, I'd have to agree. I think from my side what I what I 
liked most about it was that all the little things that you can't really exercise whenever you're not in a race weekend, you could do. So like a lot of the analysis, talking with the engineers, and just basically trying to improve uh, without moving anything setup-wise and just learning what the what the game liked and, and knowing where the ideal line was or just, you know, cause, cause it was fairly different to the real car and things that you would do in the real car to make it go faster did not help in the game. So that was just the, I think that was one of the frustrating parts about it. Um, but I think it was cool just learning a different way of, of possibly driving a car. I just remembered the, uh, it's a game, bro. Whatever, that, whatever Ferrucci said, do you guys iron that out at all in the real world? Uh, once we've got going with racing Oliver, or does he, uh, you know, give, give you a wide berth and steer clear? Cause if we're talking size difference, man, uh, <laughs> I, he, he, he might be able to beat up your kneecaps, but I, I don't know if he'd get much farther. Yeah, we're, we're fine. Um, I don't, I don't hold grudges for too long. Um, I don't. I don't think it was just a game. I'd have to disagree with that because there was a lot of, a lot of effort put in by IndyCar and all the teams and sponsors to, to make that happen. So, um, I think there was a little bit more on the line than it just being a video game. Uh, but no, him, him and I are we're fine. Oh, you guys are just too nice. I need to get you know get you into something a little dirty here. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Marshall's trying to start controversy. Well, no, but you know, we didn't record the stuff we spoke about before the show, which yeah, I might, might've qualified. We'll leave that alone. We don't want your up your HPR man, Phil to, uh, have a heart attack here. Uh, let's see. Why don't we go to our pal Lawrence Cunningham says for the two of you guys is your arrow McLaren SP team able to draw anything in terms of technical support? from the F1 side of the family with your cars? Um, good question. So a lot of that is behind the scenes, and Oliver and I don't really see it. But we do know that uh, back at the back at headquarters and, um, and McLaren, there are multiple engineers um, finding ways to go faster on the racetrack. Um but we we're not really so uh, informed on on like many of the of the things going on, I guess, you know, uh, or at least I'm not because I I haven't really asked much about it. Yeah, I, th- I think uh, there's been a bit of a restructure within how you know how the engineering team works, both on the stand and in the truck on on race weekends. It's more. F1-esque, and I think um, the McLaren F1 team has had an influence in that. Uh, but like like Pato said, there's way more resources that Air McLaren SP has now uh, compared to years past, and, and more technology and, and more ideas and just more brain power going into uh, making these cars as quick as possible. And I think, I think in these condensed race weekends, it actually helps us because um, we're doing so much simulation work behind the scenes and um, we're, we're able to, you know, get the car in the window right away. So it's just been, it's just been an awesome, uh, partnership so far. And, um, it's just, it's just going to continue to get better. You know, I, I, we weren't expecting to, to feel, um, you know, their, their presence and, 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 
um, and, and the difference they're going to make early in the season, but later, but later, like in St. Pete in March, but you know, this is, this is the time in the season now where, where they're really going to, they're going to make a difference in, in how we roll out. I know part of the answer to this as well, Lawrence, is that there were strong plans for there to be a fully integrated uh, McLaren from the MTC, the McLaren Technical Center. It was meant to be a, a dedicated group there supporting and working with the, the really strong engineering team uh, in Indianapolis. COVID obviously has thrown a bit of a wrench in there with travel and otherwise. But yeah, to uh, follow up on what Oliver was saying, I think as the year goes on, and hopefully moving into a 2021 where maybe we don't have COVID, uh, I think we're going to see the the full strength here being able to be demonstrated. Yes. Yeah, you're spot on. Let's go to uh, Vinny Bottomley. And this is uh, f- first ones for the two of you, last ones for Pato. Asks, have either of you enjoyed a mug and bun tenderloin sandwich yet? This is hashtag me personally. They're awesome. Has Robin Miller, Miller asked for your, I think, email address, uh, Oliver, want to invite you guys out to eat somewhere. Have you guys done that, first of all? And do you have life insurance? Because if you're going out to eat with Miller, um, we, there could be EMTs involved at the end of the night. Yeah, we haven't. And I haven't received anything from Robin. Oh, oh, I think I, oops, he, sorry. I, oops. Maybe I shouldn't have let that one yeah, out, Oliver, maybe sorry. He, maybe he was just inviting <laughs> Oliver. Wow, Robin. Huh? That's he, sad. Yeah, he might think you're still living full-time in San Antonio or whatever. We whatever. never know what decade Robin's working lie. in. Don't try and give excuses for Robin. Come on, he's my man. You know, I got to take care oh, of him. All right. He doesn't remember my name half the time, so I'm just saying, you know, uh, yeah. hey, hey, idiot, you know, or, or that's the nicest thing he says. All right, well, at least you guys haven't submitted yourself to uh, the five gallons of oil uh, that you get with a mug and bun meal so far. Uh, Vinny also asks you, Pato, what did you think about those super formula pit stops you did last year? How crazy was it of them just jumping over the front of the car, et cetera? It was a unique thing, right, my man? Yeah, those were, I think... uh, I think they were more of like a show than a pit stop because they are... There's only, I think there's three people, if I remember correct. So there's one guy at the front, one guy in the back, and then the other one helps, I think, with the, with the not the air jacker, but with the uh, car lever or whatever it's called to lift it up from the back. Yep. Um, but honestly, we're so focused, like, during the, during the pit stop, like, watching uh, the fuel probe and stuff. Um, so we... <laughs> like you you ask me now and like whenever i see the pit stop from the outside it looks so cool but from the inside the car like you don't even notice the guy jumping in front of you wow even now you don't even you don't even notice the guy pulling the tear off yeah like I mean, it's just yeah we're so focused on the little things that we have to do and react to like within tenths of a second whenever they're out or something that we just we don't really get to watch the actual show and art of a of a pit stop, but it is pretty cool though. I have to say that it would have been even cooler if it was faster. But I think it's like 12, 12 or thirteen seconds. Jeez, yeah, with not many people, that's still a uh, a fairly impressive thing. Yeah, let's go. Uh, we'll stick with you, Pato, here for just one moment. This comes from our pal Shauna Oakwood. She asks. 
for Mr. Award. Look at that. You're a mister now. I guess you get that when you're fourth in points, huh? That's, that's pretty cool. Uh, she asks, what's your preferred name now? Now that you're almost at the top, is it Pato or Patricio? I really don't mind. I um, Everybody usually calls me Pato. Um, I mean, on social media and stuff, I'm Patricio because that's my actual name. And I don't know. I mean, whatever it is easier to people. That's what I always tell them. Some people like to call me Patricio. Some people like to call me Pato. I feel younger, Pato, but with Patricio, I... I feel, I feel a little older. <laughs> I don't think I've called you either for a while. It's usually just Snuggle Bunny. So I mean that oh works. Oh my god! It is though. You can't now. Don't lie. That's a fact. But anyways, um, let's stick with uh, some fun stuff here. Sarah Morell, she asked the two of you, uh, who is the IndyCar driver you admire most? Current or. You're totally wide open, and if you say each other, I'm going to punch you guys in the nuts when I see you. No chance. What? (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, when when I'm asked that question, uh, Dan Weldon's the first first driver that comes to mind. Um, He was the the first professional driver that I that I met and that I got to know personally. Um, And yeah, he's just someone that that I I look to uh, to be like. And for me, what you got, uh, Snuggle Bunny? Uh, um, honestly, I think you know every everybody and a lot of people that I've talked to say Scott Dixon. Um, but I guess I mean you, I've I've got to agree because you know I feel like in terms of of the way he is, the way he races the way he's respected. I think um, it doesn't get much better than that. I mean, everybody really respects him, and 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 I think that's that's very important in this kind of business. So um, probably got to go with Dixie. As a fellow Indy Lights champion, that's a good call there on Dix to see how much he has achieved since winning his Lights title. I'm sure you guys know this, so I'm... Maybe overstating the obvious. Sam Schmidt, that guy was a seriously good race car driver before his accident. Uh, having seen him race in two-liter cars back in the old uh, F2000 days, then in the IRL as well. That guy, I don't know if Sam was championship material. Most drivers aren't, but that guy was seriously, seriously good. And then even... Zach, the Zach attack, Zach Brown, that guy was also very good in junior open wheel as well and had a uh, had a bit of a career going for himself. So if you guys haven't spent some fun time on the YouTubes, your team owners actually uh, were, were pretty darn good at what they did back in the day. Sam obviously winning a race in the old IRL. So, yeah, some cool lineage there for you guys. Let's see, where else should we wander here as we start to wind down a little bit? Let's go with uh, John LaFollette. So Pato, talking about Daniel Suarez, Esteban Gutierrez, um, those guys being from Monterey as well. Curious, you race against them, and also curious about the racing scene in Mexico and how it might, how well it might prepare young drivers for uh, heading out to various circuits around the globe. 
So, yes and no. So, I did race. Uh, I've known Esteban for a while. Esteban and Danny Suarez, actually. Um, I never got to race Checo because Checo was quite a bit older and he was already in 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 formulas whenever I I was in carts um but Esteban was always uh we would race in the same weekends but he was always like three or four classes above me he was in senior and I was in like smaller than Micromax but um I di- I we did know each other and um how good is the racing in Mexico um Honestly, I hate to be saying this, but not very good. Um, it is not what you want to be doing whenever you want to make it to the big leagues. You have to leave and you have to go to America or to Europe because in Mexico you're going to get nothing. So um, it, it's just that's a, that's that's just how it is, uh, especially right now. It used to be way stronger back in the day uh, when I was crawling, but um, from my time, there was only a couple years in carts where it was very, very strong, and then it just got very weak, and um, it still hasn't elevated back up. Ten four. Let's let's stick with your beautiful country of origin, Pato. Here, uh, got a question about road to indie stuff, and this will also extend this out to you as well, Oliver. I uh, got a question from Slipstream Photo mentioning that there are three Mexican drivers on the road to Indy. Um, curious how much involvement you might have with just trying to help, you know, coach, whatever it might be, lend some advice uh, to help them work their way up the ladder. And then uh, after that, Ollie, if you can talk about that on your end, because I know you are, you're, you're never going to be unplugged with karting or junior open wheel because it's just so much a part of your DNA. Oliver? <laughs> well, was, the question was to you first. But. Oh, it was? Oh, can you repeat my question? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is the most accurate. I'm so glad this is the most accurate thing possible here. Yes, I will gladly repeat it to you. Snuggle Bunny. Uh, Slipstream Photo mentions that there are three Mexican drivers on the road to Indy. Uh, who are aiming to reach the top like you and is curious if you have spent any time talking with them, coaching them, helping them, doing something to be a part of their journey up the road to Indy. So I I get along very well with uh, David Martinez, who is, uh, you know, one of the owners of D-Force Racing. Yep. Um, a guy I have a lot of respect for. He actually uh, helped me quite a bit when I was very young. Um, and we've, we've just always gotten along. I, we, we speak the same language of racing and, um, and I always try and go over there and say hi and, and at least just spend some time with him because, you know, it's always a good time. But, um, honestly, I haven't, I haven't seen the guys much, especially this year because of, of the COVID stuff. Sure. Um, I did stop by to see him a little bit in road America, but they were already done racing. Um, but you know, coaching, I have, I've, I've never, I've never done it. Um, I speak to to Manuel sometimes, usually in person. Um, but I mean, I usually talk more to David than what I do to the drivers. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna get you to step up there. 
young Mr. Askew, how about you? Uh, you're all, again, you've always, you always got your fingers in something related to young talent, uh, and working their way up. Is that something you're again, trying to do is to the best of your ability in the midst of COVID and whatnot? Oh, definitely. Like you said, it's, it's, uh, it's very important to me. It's, it's where I come from. Um, you know, if I didn't, if I didn't get help from, um, you know, uh, some coaches and, um, you know, people like Jeremy Shaw and the Team USA scholarship and people within carding, um, who, who really helped, helped guide me and, and, um, help mentor me. So I try to, to do as much as I can. Um, obviously right now it's, it's not as easy and, and we're very busy in the IndyCar season now, but, um, it's, it's always going to be a part of me. And, and, you know, by the time I, I retire and stop racing, I expect to, to still be involved in racing and, and to still give back as much as I can. Um, I'm still, still, uh, pretty in, involved in karting, probably not as much as I'd like to be. Um, I still love, love driving a cart. Um, we're actually in, in, uh, in Mooresville, uh, running the Chevy Sim Monday. Um, I was in the, I was in the car in the morning and Pato was in the afternoon. So, um, during the afternoon I went out to GoPro Motorplex and, uh, actually Jimmy Johnson was, was nice enough to, uh, to let me borrow a shifter cart for the day while he was doing big things at, uh, at the speedway. Um, look at that yeah, loaner always, cart from the, the seven time champ. That's not bad. Yeah. Re- really nice of him. So thanks. Thanks Jimmy. And, uh, yeah, I just, I, I always try to find some time to, um, to go out to the karting tracks and, and, um, you know, see the kids who are, who are trying to make it up the ranks. Two questions to go. Uh, I'll throw so a, cute. yeah, it'll totally cute. Two questions to go. I'll throw, we'll start with one serious one and then we'll end on a fun one as we normally do comes from greg moffitt curious what you guys think working with a certain fernando alonso might be like here in august at the indy 500 i'll also mention that whatever amount of of media attention the team has gotten or you two have seen in your time in indycar are you guys prepared for the holy crap <laughs> non-stop fernando alonso media tour that's going to take place uh once he hits the ground there and do you guys care if uh fernando is the one getting all the questions and all the attention while you guys uh probably don't get as much um i think we're both really looking forward to it uh, working alongside and um and really seeing what 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 he's like behind or i guess outside of the race car um and you know he's he's a two-time Formula One world champion. So um, you know we like us we're we're trying to make our name. This guy already made it. So um, we're in two very different stages of life. And you know we we definitely understand why there's there's so much interest in him because you know why not? Especially um, when I was growing up, he was actually. Um, my favorite driver um, in in Formula One. It was always Fernando, Alonso, and uh, and Lewis Hamilton. So um, I think it's really cool to be able to race against them, and um, you know, having him in the same team. I think that's that's something that's pretty cool. I gotta say. Yeah, I've just heard um, I've heard really good things about how he works within the team and and with the engineers. So um, it'll just be really interesting for us to to see firsthand you know how 
how an accomplished driver like like Fernando works and and you know what kind of terminology he uses and how in depth he goes into to uh, you know giving feedback so um yeah not not too worried about the uh the media frenzy because we'll we'll probably have more time to focus on ourselves um but yeah look, looking forward to the whole month um it's going to be a uh, an experience and, and a dream come true. Really, it's uh, it's the biggest race of the year, and um, we're, we'll try to uh, enjoy every minute minute of it. All right, we've uh, reached the end of the show. We're going to take the final question from uh, the week in IndyCar's Minister of Mirth, that being Lance Snyder. It says Pato and Oliver, beating your teammate is something you always want to do. It says with that being said. You both have to make arguments as to why your hair game is better than your teammates. Go. All right. So raises a great point. Yeah, that's. A- <laughs> I know Pato spends approximately 19 hours a day in the mirror. So, uh, Ollie, I don't know about you. Hopefully not. Uh, but all right. I want to hear arguments. Well, Whose hair game is better? <laughs> well, I uh, I shaved Oliver's head, so he has no luscious hair anymore. So- I'm the one with the good hair now. So what had happened was what had happened was um, no, I'm going to tell you what happened. <laughs> Oliver, Oliver kept bringing up that he wanted to shave his head. And I said, okay, I'll shave you your head. And he said, yeah, you would do it. And I was like, yeah, I'll do it. So we come to my apartment. I have a trimmer. Okay, and let me say something. I already had an appointment for later that afternoon to act, to get a real haircut, but we decided to be funny to go on Instagram live and have Pato shave my head on his balcony. And so he gets out his ra- uh, razor, pulls out the, uh, I said, okay, let's, let's, let's go see with the, the seven. Let's go with the seven, right? <laughs> go straight, all right, start straight down the middle. Go with the seven. Ends up being a two. <laughs> well, it, well the, the, the little thing that, that you put on to the top that makes it like not a zero, it's, it had a number seven. So I was like, well, Oliver, I'm sure this is a number seven. And then, that, and then I had another one that said five and then another one, I can't remember what it was, but it was a seven or a five. And I was like, well, I guess I'm guessing this is a seven. Let's be safe. Start with a seven. Yeah. <laughs> it ended up being a two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Oliver's bright idea he just says, all right, go right down the middle. So I was like, dude, if I do that, it's going to be no turning back. Like, you're, like you are going to go fully shaved if I do this. He's like, just do it. I was like, all right. So I go on Instagram Live, and I just right down the middle. And then he, he rushes to the bathroom, and he just goes like, this is such a bad idea. I thought he was going to start crying. I was like, oh, my God. Hey, I don't. I don't have to. I don't have to spend much time in the mirror anymore. So I've gotten used low to maintenance. It. Low maintenance. It's cooler in the car, and cooler outside the car. Uh huh. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm talking about. Well, Pato's the only driver who has carries a bag with his helmet to pit lane and a separate helmet bag with all of his hair care products. So, Whatever. I mean, this is you know. He has an extra person there holding up a mirror for him at all times to make sure, you know, look, I understand, you know, you got to, got to be sexy when you're getting in out of the car there. Oh, this is great. Can I ask just, you know, random observation. So if you're looking at the different attachments, right. And you got the seven, what you think is a seven in one hand and maybe the five in the other, 
you did notice that the seven was shorter than the five, right? Because that's the part that's no, thrown me for a bit of a loop. No, bro. Like seven was was more space the than the five. Two, the five would have been a zero. So I think we we got off on the good end there. Yeah. Wow. And and honestly, my like Will Will shaves his head and he shaves his head too. So it wasn't like uh, race engineer odd. Will Anderson. Yeah. He wasn't, it wasn't like a complete odd bus cut. It was like a proper one. Because the seven would not have been proper. You don't have a future in haircutting. Oh, I know. What did we learn from this? Stick with the appointments, Oliver. Stick with the appointments. You guys are too hilarious. Well, thanks, uh, thanks for taking some time, guys. Uh, yep. You're the best. And this is only going to get better. Right, a uh, couple more years of this, you guys are going to have your own show. I, I can't wait for that. Uh, <laughs> oh my god, you guys are a mess, but the best kind of mess. Kidding aside, so happy for the two of you and for the team. Uh, you know, I mean, followed you guys for a while, and just great to see too many lights champs uh, living up to their potential. And there's so much more ahead of you guys to do. So uh, happy for where you're at. Thanks again for uh, playing here and having fun with our listener-driven show brought to you by Cooper Tires, the Justice Brothers, TorontoMotorsports.com, and Bell Racing Helmets USA. A Marshall Pruitt, that is Pato Award, a.k.a. Snuggle Bunny. That's Oliver Askew, a.k.a. GQ. Great question. We didn't hear that from you at all today, so we've kind of blown that nickname. Uh, We'll look forward to speaking to y'all next week. Thank you. Thanks to all the listeners as well. Yeah, thank you, guys.